Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Can you achieve anything if you are lazy? Can you achieve anything if you give excuses for any assignment given to you? Tonight, we start a brand new series called Critical Success Factors. Critical Success Factors. And it's simply featuring notable people in our society who will be sharing with us based on experience and observation their own prescriptions and each of us each, each of them will give us 10 keys or 10 enablers you may call it their 10 commandments but i, I want to call them critical success factors enablers for making significant progress in your life my guest for tonight on this series my first guest is a consultant as well as a senior executive of a major policy think tank Bentel is the CEO of Bentel Consulting and the Vice President of Policy Think Tank Imani Ghana. He will be joining me very shortly. But before I request his list of 10 critical success factors, he's been in the news, particularly in social media, the whole week championing a debate about education and the uses of the head and what constitutes an appropriate means of communicating with our children about at something as basic as the functions of body parts, ostensibly triggered by a particular textbook that was widely discussed. But my focus would not be that particular book. It will be more about do we really, really underestimate the capacity of our young people to assimilate information and to learn. I'll be collecting along the line some thoughts shared by young people in response to a question a question or a question put to them by um, Nana Aredamwa who asked parents on Facebook to speak to their children, their nieces and their nephews and finding out from them what what they think the head can be used for. It's going to be a very interesting discussion and then we settle down after that discussion about heads, loads and world class education we will pick up from Mr. Bentel his 10 critical success factors. But let's start with our commitments for the year 2016. We finished the first quarter. If you haven't as yet planted your flag on these commitments, you've lost a quarter of the year already. And you probably must be by now asking yourself, are you on track to achieve your goals for the year 2016 or not? And what have we said about the year 2016? Three things that we have committed ourselves to. And the key word is simply Kaizen, continuous improvement as a springboard to our dreams. And so the first is to improve ourselves the second is to improve our value. And the third is to improve our strategy. Under the improvement of ourselves, we've spoken about our faith, our character, and our relationships. Improving value, we've talked about brand positioning, leveraging income streams, our network of relationships, and very importantly, our scope of knowledge. And then finally, on improving our strategy, we've said that we should get things right the first time execute faster execute cheaper execute hassle free and execute more efficiently those are the thoughts we are running with for this year this is springboard your virtual university so tonight you're talking about education we're talking about the capacity of our young people to assimilate information at our teen partnership conference we typically will host 12 to 18 year olds and share with them various things that we think will grant will give them an advantage in life and 
we do something very unusual at the conference because interestingly the first time we broke ground was to use our mba notes to teach them how to write a business plan everybody thought it was absolutely out of place how could you open up 12 to 18 year olds on the subject of business plans and yet we brought them to this particular same network and 12 year olds were sharing their business plan for operating an airline and talking about competitive analysis with British Airways featuring and everything in between and guess what there were 10 year olds get crashing do we really really appreciate the capacity of our young people on the same subject Nana Aredamwa who is an author put a simple question on Facebook. He said, let's play a game. Talk to your nephew, your niece, or your child, and ask them what the head is used for. And I, 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 I found myself going straight to a 10-year-old and asking him, because I, I, I was curious about the response I will get. Let me raise another one. We have another one on the line right now. Let's find out from him what triggered that poll and what kind of results were gleaned from that particular exercise. Nana, good evening. Good evening, Albert. And um, nice to, to be on the show. No, as for you, you know you know already, we have a full show pending, so we'll have that sometime soon. But Nana, right. let's... Were you surprised at the, at the interest it generated? The number of people who actually took time to follow the poll and to submit their findings? No, I wasn't surprised at the, at the response uh, because, you know, the the, the, the best thing is, is to make it as simple as possible. So, like you said, it was just a very simple uh, question to ask. Um, but perhaps what I was surprised with uh, was the the um, the spread of the people who were who were interested. Like it was it was really really uh, engaging. Right. So let, let let's start by the trigger point. What 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 is it that triggered so much interest in this particular subject? I mean, beyond I'm not interested in the particular author per se. I'm interested in the subject matter. What is it about this subject that is engendering so much interest? I think we need to place it in the wider context. People generally are, are, are worried about the the standard of education. I guess so. I think that's why this caught on was that it it spoke right to the core of something that uh, was on, on people's mind and this became the point to, to rally around. Uh, that, 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 would be, that would be my answer. All right. So just to provide some context without going into that much detail, to be fair to the other party who is not represented on the program, there, uh, it's supposed to have been a textbook that talked about the head being used to carry loads. And I think, uh-huh. I, I don't know how he found his way into the social media space. I, I know Kofi Bentel has been one of the main people around which this issue has revolved but be that as it may when it came out i mean there was widespread reaction and so when you posted your your your, your posting you you said push you talk about what the head is used for what are some yeah. of the responses that you got Ooh, interesting um the <laughs> very interesting typically of kids uh one said uh, i'll just go through a, 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 a few of them one said it is used to carry a hat and a wig. And uh, one, uh, most of them said it is used, it, it contains a brain and it is used for, for thinking. Basically, that was um, a, a, a key one. Uh, but some interesting ones, uh, one said um, uh, it contains the, the eyes, the nose, and helps to function. And, uh, but basically about the brain as well. 
Um, some said it was used to head football. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that uh, uh, those who were uh, in, in athletics also also came through. Um, one said, "What? Actually, a two-year-old when the mother, the father asked him, he said, my head is paining me.' You know that 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 was his uh, response. And I, I'll maybe let, end with this one. He says, my head helps me to balance my body.' Right. So now beyond the responses. First of all, for you yourself, did you, did you achieve the objective that you set out um, to, to achieve with, with this poll? Yes, Albert. You know, the, the, we have a proverb about uh, people uh, being able to uh, cry, uh, cry more than they bereaved. Right. You know, so what I, in, in the morning yesterday, I was like, um, well, we, we are really, really uh, passionate about this, but can we just ask the kids? Right. Can we, can we go to the, to the end game? Can we go to the, the end user, the consumer. So this was like a consumer feedback to see whether uh, what we are really concerned about has cascaded uh, down to, to the case. But I need to put a caveat here. It's not a scientific poll. We, I, I don't think we would have gone through the, the, the entire pyramid of, of our, of our uh, society because we need to know those who are on, on Facebook and to see whether it covers the entire spectrum um, of our uh, societal class. But I, it was really to look at the, the, the kids themselves and to see um, how they are, they are feeding back from what has been taught them in school. Right. So just to pick up on the final point that we would like to interrogate, do you think, from your perspective or your opinion, do you think that we, we give enough credit to young people in terms of their ability to assimilate information? Um, so let me just uh, be personal. So yesterday I also had shared that when I was going through, uh, or when my wife and I were going through marriage counseling, um, our counselors told us never to use baby language with our kids, never to underestimate their, their, their intellectual capability. So right from, from their, their infancy, we've always spoken to them as people who can appreciate what we are telling them. So we actually underestimate the, the, the potential and the intelligence of the kids, especially the kids of today. And once we are able to engage uh, with them, and in the totality of, of, of their, their intellectual capacity, I think that they, 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 can, they can be much better than, than we, we ever were. Thank you very much, Dama, for joining us. And I'm sure that we will get a chance to do a, an extensive discussion, not just about this subject, but also about your writings one of these days in the studio. Thanks, Albert. Right, remain blessed. Nana Aredamwa is an author, and he put together a very interesting discussion on social media yesterday about the issue of the head and its various functions. But I'm going to, I'm going to take a different angle, and I'm going to pick it up with Comfort Okran here in the studio about our teenpreneurship conference and the ability of, of participants to assimilate subjects that people post-university will sometimes struggle to grapple with, things like business plans, CV writing, project management, presentation skills... And yet these teenagers just easily just grab them, run with them, and, and are able to make very serious presentations that often surprise high-end corporate people when they visit this conference. Comfort. What is your perspective? Do we, is there some elasticity that we are not exploring or something? <laughs> um, I, I, for this particular um, query, I would bring a little bit of my linguistic background here. Now, it is believed that, um, or it has been shown over the, over the years through research, through um, actual 
the happenings on the field that if you expose a child, the child doesn't know anything. The child is a, we call it a black box. There's nothing in there. But if you expose a child to just one language, the child will learn language, one language. Expose a child to four languages, the child will learn, end up learning four languages. It's basic that is how children are made. They are elastic. The way we mold them is what we get out of them. So when they say train a child the way he or she to, should grow so that when he is old, he will not depart from those ages. It's because of the elasticity, the, the capacity that God has, has, has put in us as children. And, you, I mean, yes. <laughs> and therefore, therefore... Um, this um, um, the opportunity to 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 educate someone, or the opportunity to to expose someone to information, and the information must not be stereotyped. The information must be given that these are possibilities, and therefore, giving that kind of exposure, the person now has the opportunity to put two and two together to come up with something big. In this particular space, it's like you 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 limiting the child. You are you are telling the the young person that this is where you are going and that is where you must be. And and for me, it's there's something really really um, not 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 being done well in this right. particular instance. Right. So the picture the picture that we paint the the picture that we paint the perspective we give we give determine how high the child how high the child would go so uh, if you bring us to our teenpreneurship program our teenpreneurship program does not believe that the child um has um cannot cannot learn certain things so we teach them finance and we teach them finance including how to save and what 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 funds are supposed to be used for what's the best way to do things so that they would know how to deal with their finances when they when they grow up. It's not now that they are now learning that oh, if you if you if you um, have four cities and you spend five cities, you go into debt. They already know that. So we teach them finance. We teach them business planning. We teach them um, public presentation. We ask them themselves to to be in charge of the program, and so on and on. And we 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 give them an elastic capacity. I think the thing I like most. The thing I like most about the, about about um, teenpreneurship is the fact that if 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 you when they are going home, we give them little projects to go and do, and at the end of the week, you 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 just amazed at what they come up with. But one possible solution to all this is to actually put the, the children in charge of their own curriculum development. I tell you, <laughs> and you'll be surprised at what I, they'll come I, up with. Honestly, I think that really, if if the children were designing their own curriculum, adults would be pleasantly surprised at how much they are able to do. I'm going to take a break right now and bring the song Indescribable by Carrier Shard. And when I come back, we'll settle to our main agenda for today. That is the critical success factors. We just wanted, wanted to bring out this issue of education and punch the issue a bit. Are we taking these children for granted? Just maybe if we interrogated them a bit more and found out from them what they want and what they are capable of doing. I, I had a pleasant surprise in visiting children's service. I grew up in the Sunday school era where children's service is done in a particular way. There's a lot of patronizing going on. It's assumed that children, all they know is stories. And But I found out to my pleasant surprise that these days, 
the kind of debates, the kind of engagement, the mod- scenario modeling that is taking place in children's service, please. I mean, with they playing their own instruments, they getting fully involved in, in delivering the service. If you're still using the old school model, maybe that's why the children are looking elsewhere. It's just a different world out there. I guess for tonight, Kofi Bentel is the CEO of Bentel Consulting and also the Vice President of Imani Ghana. We've gone over to Nana Damwa to find out from him the results of an interesting poll he did on Facebook. Supposedly informal and relaxed, but people took it like World Cup and people are still posting even as we speak. I must tell you this. The moment I saw it, I went straight to two 10-year-olds. One said to me, the head is for thinking it holds the skull, it contains the brain, and it helps you tell what is in your surroundings. I said, whoa, this is serious stuff. It's a big discussion going on out there. But let me even bring you the perspective of Dr. William Ochefrimpong, who said throughout this week in his consulting room, every child who came, he asked them, what is the function of the head? And according to him, <laughs> the children, <laughs> depending on how much school fees is being paid, the answers were determined by which school they attended and how much was paid. That's a, a on the lighter side, but it also brings some very serious perspectives. Let me just pinch a little of Kofibento's thoughts before he settles down to his main subject, which is the 10 critical success factors. I know you will love this, but Kofi, this week, has it been revealing for you as a person? Yes, and uh, good evening to everybody. Um, not exactly reveal. It's been disturbing on different levels. Um, what Nana did, for instance, for me was not surprising. Um, I'm surrounded by brilliant kids, and I, I think our hope is in our youth. Then again, what you know, I did that brought all this thing, and you know, all those things is also another source of worry. The debate that went on, you know, you hear people say certain things which give you a bit of hope. You hear people also say certain things which, uh, I mean, it's okay to disagree, but sometimes there's a certain level to which gives you worry, mm-hmm. all right? You know, some of the defenses being given, and you just said something about what doctor said, that depending on how much school fees you are paying, you get a certain amount of, or a certain kind of, you know, response from the child. I do believe without, you know, um, 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 doubt that Ghanaian kids are smart, you meet some kids who are supposedly deprived. You ask them certain things, and the way they will approach it, you realize this guy is smart. But somehow, by the time they get through certain aspects of our education system, they lose something. And I've seen that as a lecturer. So you know, if you so my week has been you know a bit of hope, a bit of despair, a lot of frustration, and I wonder how we're going to solve this problem. Can I tell you my brightest point, point in this whole week? Mm-hmm. The fact that we have engaged this subject, and we have we have we have dug into it and mm-hmm. are involved with it, is for me the brightest point in a very mm-hmm. politically charged environment mm-hmm. that we can make time to look at our education and talk about content and see. Mm-hmm. I'm a content person all my life, so I, I love content. And so anything that is about quality content and the debate about content, you will find me there. And mm. just the fact that we can even debate content, for me, is the brightest spot of my week. Yeah, for me too. And um, But again, I am very passionate about this thing. And yes, it, it, it went very far. I had calls from the U.S. I had people getting to me from all over the place and saying all kinds of things and showing me how it is worse in certain situations. Then you have these bright spots about what can be done. Okay, we just learned that Liberia has outsourced its whole primary education system. 
okay, to a certain basic school system which is privately run. So you have a lot of discussion in that area. And I think this thing about content curriculum pedagogy, that is how you teach, okay, should be front and center because we are spending millions of dollars and we are not getting the right results. But I think the answers are out there. So it's a good debate. It's really deeper. And sometimes I'm a bit hesitant to take it on. But I think we should take it on and we should find a way to get to the bottom of it because our kids' lives are at stake here. Um, earlier on, we were talking about teenpreneurship. And then maybe let me swing over to um, a WhatsApp posting, some, some discussion that um, I saw about other countries and their curriculum. Mm-hmm. You, you were involved in that discussion as mm-hmm. well. What did you notice about what goes on in other jurisdictions? In other countries without fail... And I've studied education as part of my work at um, Imani for many years I have. And we've studied many countries, good, bad, in the intermediate. Without fail, all the developed countries take the formative years of their children as extremely crucial. And that is where they plant certain things which they later unravel. Right. Okay. They, they later unpack. Okay, and you'll be amazed. And some countries actually have come to the conclusion that children learn better by not being instructed directly. Right. So in Finland, for instance, a child goes to school at seven because they believe that between one and seven, you should be with your parents where you're most secure. You should be in an atmosphere that there is seven no was pressure. PM? No, seven years. Ah, okay, okay, right. Seven years before they right. go to school. Right. And you should be playing your imagination should be fired you should have no stress okay you should pick things up i mean be carefree and just breeze through because it builds confidence it builds all kinds of things into you and then when you get into the structured instruction system okay you are able to grasp things better ask questions you know you are more you know a bit aggressive more, right. you know all those things and they are scoring the best in the world okay i have had a conversation with a five-year-old in the u.s and I didn't go into the conversation. I saw two kids discussing death. And I was fascinated. I mean, I was sitting at the dining table. And these two kids were discussing death. One of them had a grandfather who was sick. And basically, I think, was going to go off. And the five-year was telling his... It's a she. Telling the other, you know, child that... My grandpa is going to die, you know, and um, it's because of this, it's because of that. It's okay. I mean, right now they're trying to help him out, uh, you know. And I'm like, what? No emotions. She's just like, I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, but right now they are are helping him to get through the pain. Five-year-olds discussing death. So without, without doubt, the developed countries take their children seriously. And then I read them say something, which I also have noticed. When my kids were growing up, well, they are still growing up, but I noticed something. If you don't tell them the truth, they keep coming back. Right. They will keep coming back because somehow they can detect when you are, you know, telling them something which is mm. less than the truth. So one of the ways we got through, you know, peace with our kids is when they ask you a question, tell them the truth, I'm nothing promise. but the truth, yes. and the whole truth. So help you go. Yes. You know, <laughs> So our kids are smarter than we think they are. You said some. You are going to do something. Now we are hoping there are so many things right. to do today. Right. The dogs thing. I'm quite right. interested. No, I mean, I mean, we have much. Improved. I probably must put him on the line just before we wrap up on this. But you know, I'll do that at, at the end of the show. So our our discussion for tonight actually is the beginning of a series. The reason why I, the reason why I, 
I sparked this one is because we are talking about critical success factors. And I just couldn't help telling myself that, you know what, probably the foundations of our education are so critical to our success that we just can't gloss over this. It's a topical issue. So I wanted to give half the show to that before we settle down to our main agenda. But today marks the beginning of a series we're calling Critical Success Factors. So we are bringing together notable people from different walks of life to tell us based on experience and then based on observation. I mean, anyone who is a very good observer can string together commonalities between that the different people that you've observed climb the ladder of life and what they have in common. And so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to walk us through, in your opinion, 10 factors, principles, prescriptions that ensure an individual's progress. If you had, to, if you had a group of young people surround mm. you and say, tell us, mm. tell us what you think the 10 things that determine, drive, guarantee success. Walk me through them in your opinion. What would be number one? Okay, so in my opinion, and based on the observations and everything, and I have had a couple of opportunities, you know, to discuss this. I remember in Ashesa, we watched Richard St. John. It was one of the things that we sent to every student, you know, um, understanding success in three seconds. You can Google it, Richard St. John. You know, and um, so we've had to discuss this, but I'm taking this from not from any book, but from everything and my own opinion. The first two are what I call the two graces. They are matters of grace. You don't have much control over them. The first is your birth circumstance. Okay, who you are born to. You may be born to royalty. You may be born to a poor home. You may be born to, you know, a very rich man. All right? You don't have any control over that. It's a success factor. So, so that, that's the that, first that grace. can open a door to you that you didn't necessarily work for, but yes, but yes. can give you a, a good start in life. It can, but the opposite is also true. Right. I have found that indeed, if you are born into affluence, it can have a devastating effect on you, on your thinking, on your you know world view, on your appreciation of what is important in life, because things tend to be put on a silver platter for you. Right. And so it is not as rosy. It's, it's not that when you're born into a it's rich not family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, one of the things that you know in in, in wealth in, in wealth analysis, you don't call a family wealthy until the third generation maintains the wealth, mm. because you find many people who lose the wealth in the second generation. Right. Okay. So first is your best circumstances, and right. with time I'll go through them. But let let me just say, if you are born into a rich family, it does not guarantee that you'll be successful. Right. If you are born into a poor family, it does not guarantee that you'll be a failure. Many people learn how to succeed because of their deprived beginnings. So that's the first one, how you are born or where you are born to. The second one is also another grace, is the ability to surmount your environment. Okay. Ability to surmount your environment. I find studying many cases of success that where you are born, you don't have a control over it. But anybody who will succeed, whether you are born into a rich system or a poor one, in a rich country, or a poor country, in a war-torn country, or a first world country, you must, as a person, surmount, conquer your environment and whatever it places at your disposal. If it places easy things at your disposal and you don't conquer the ability to go over them and find things to do for yourself, you will succumb to that thing and you would expect everything to be easy. You will fail. So that second grace is a certain innate ability 
which allows you or gives you the wherewithal to conquer your environment. I'll present the first one. You have no control. The second one is learnable. Um, some of it is learnable, but there are attitudes. Okay, so I I have found in reading all kinds of biographies that there are some people who just settle. Okay, they are born into a rich home, they settle into it. They are born into a poor home, they settle into it. I have seen people who have sold Yokogari for twenty five years under the same shed, and 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 the Yokogari runs out like ten thirty, and people are angry that they don't have some to buy. I'm like, why don't you expand this thing? You know, so people settle. So yeah, part of it is innate, and then the other part too you can learn, right? right? And I think as we go down, you see where the changes come in. So right. these are the two graces. Right. Then, where it really starts becoming personal to you first, okay? Critical success factors for success, formal learning, and that's your number three. That's number three. Right. Formal learning is subjecting yourself to a structured system of instruction. Subject yourself to a formal, structured system of instruction. In a modern country like ours, you may go to school, this and that and that. In a village, it might be, you know, apprenticing your father from when you're eight, five. Okay, but there's a certain structure system, even in our culture, that people tend to go through. And whatever it is, it has a way of shaping your mind and your thinking and helping you to adjust your environment. Now, the fourth one, pause for a minute and, and this third point is the reason why our earlier discussion yes. can't be discounted yes. the role of formal, formal learning, learning formal education yes. or formal preparation yes. structured instruction right in developing your, 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 yourself as a it's person okay. crucial right so let's go to number crucial. four number four now is personal learning right my favorite personal so learning what you learn in school teaches you the basic things that people expect you to know at an average level, it will never make you rich. Personal learning, the things you pick out of your environment, you pick from friends, people, you pick from elders, the things you yourself go and read, the things that you will not be examined about, okay? The things that your, your, your curiosity leads you to, and this must be a lifelong thing. Many of the great people, the many of the successful people that we follow, we read about and all those things, got where they got, not by formal learning. Formal learning only provided a base for them. But they get to that level of success on personal learning. Right. So you need to get that personal learning in order to break into that level of success. And then number five is this one which I simply say, find your space. Right. Okay. A critical factor for success is for you to find your space. Okay. You may be born into a village where there is no doctor. So everybody says, look, you are passing your exam, so become a doctor. And because your village needs a doctor, you go and become a doctor. That may be okay, but is that your space? You may be born to um, an engineer who wants his son to become an engineer, so they railroad you to become an engineer. Okay, is that your space? Okay, finding your space is after your formal and personal learning, Asking yourself, what do I do without stress? What do I enjoy doing? What are the things that come easy to me? Where do I fit in this whole scheme of things? And I do believe that everybody has a certain talent. You just have to find it. Okay. Einstein said that if you expect a bird to swim like a fish, and for that reason you fail the bird on swimming, 
it's not really that the bed has done wrong. It's just that you're examining them on the wrong thing. Right. All right. So find your space. And it may not be glorious. We are certainly in Joy FM, started by Kwesi Chum. Okay, I don't think they taught him in school, okay, to run a media empire. And you can see so many of those examples. Each person, if you're going to succeed, find your space. Then number six, master that space. So you find it. And then you master that space. Okay, and you master it through, you know, study it like a craft. Okay, if it's public speaking, whatever it is you are doing, if you're a nurse, study it like a craft and become a master craftsman. Okay, if you are a preacher, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Okay, you may be gifted naturally. Okay, you do that through more learning and service. Application. Application, learning and service. So find your space and then master your space. And then the seventh, and it's interesting that is number seven. Perfect number. After all is said and done, get down and work hard. All right? Get down and work hard hard if your knife is sharp hard work will give you quick results if your knife is blunt hard work will give you results it may not be quick whichever way it is you need hard work if your knife is sharp but you put it down you don't start cutting that tree you are not going to cut the tree and the person with a blunt knife but hard work will cut the tree and you'll be sitting there so after all is said and done you need to get down and work hard at your craft and then number eight says persevere through crap (laughs) (laughs) and those who have uh, watched richard st john's uh, video about success you understand what crap means c-r-a-p and and he he interviewed hundreds of very successful people Bill Gates, billionaires, you know, Richard Branson and all those people who we all know. He went to them, okay, and over years or so, interviewed them and asked them what are the things. And this is one of the things they told him. He says, no matter who you are, you're going to have to come up against certain things that you have to pull through, break through. And he uses the C-R-A-P, crap, criticism, rejection. He uses the ego and then pressure. And we all, we all understand it, you know. But the important thing here, I teach entrepreneurship, and one of the things we find in entrepreneurship is that entrepreneurs come in very many different shades. Right. Some are from a rich background, some are from a poor background, some are short, some are tall, whatever. The only thing that is common to all entrepreneurs is perseverance. They all persevered. They all stuck to their dream. They all worked it to the point where success was just a matter of course. Number nine keep your heart pure and I'm not talking religion keeping your heart pure I mean in everything that you do do not hold evil okay and do not act for ill gain I find that if you go out to do good or you go out not to do evil if you have a clear mind about what you're doing one you're bold And if you have all kinds of other negative intentions clouding and clattering, you know, your your, your mind, I'm going to do this to show somebody something. I'm going to do this to bring somebody down. You know, all those things, they, they spend your energy. They eat you up. They dissipate. Okay. And, and a certain single mindedness and childlikeness about pursuing, 
you know, what you find in your space without ill intent, you know, towards anybody has a way, you know, of, um, I'm trying not to be biblical about it, but, you know, success finds you. Right. Okay, success kind of finds you, and the opposite is true. If you set out to, you know, do things with a certain mindset which is not entirely honest clean. and clean, yeah. you know, you just end up in all kinds of trouble. It's I true. mean, there are forces in this world, even if you don't believe in God. So it is important to me that a critical success factor is that you hold no evil, set out to good, do good. I'm not saying evil people don't succeed. Keep I'm, your heart pure. Just That's keep your heart pure. Number okay. 10. Number 10, believe in God. And follow him. And when I talk about God, I talk about God as a Christian, but I also talk about God as whoever you believe in. It, 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 it is always important that you hold certain things, even if it be philosophies, okay, that are higher than you. And these things kind of like I check on you. They keep you going, okay? I, 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 Jim has a very nice way of summarizing the issue of faith. He says, whatever you believe, study it well. Uh-huh. Practice it and then teach it. Good. <laughs> Good. 11 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock, and this is Critical Success Factors version 1. This is the first day of our new series called Critical Success Factors. Whatever we said about education was laying the foundation. No wonder it appeared again as mm. point, point number 3, formal learning. But if you just joined us along the line, let me give you the 10 things that Coffee Bentles share, has shared so far as the, the 10 critical success factors. And today, I'm going to try and open the phone lines. Call into the show and tell me which of the 10 is critical for you. Which of the 10 is really, really, really speaking to you tonight? The number to call, 030 Call into the show right now. Let's talk. Which of the 10 is really speaking to you. The first one is the circumstance of your birth. The second one, the ability to surmount your environment. The third one, formal learning. Formal learning, subjecting yourself to formal structured system of learning. Number four is personal learning. Um, number five, finding your space, your space, the optimum place of your performance, unleashing the talent in you. The sixth one, mastering that space. Mastering that space. Then, um, number seven, hard work, effort and commitment. And number eight, persevere through crap. And we reworded the crap one. I, I, I wrote this a, a different word and, and the registrar gave me the same word. More radio edit. Persevere through, through crap. That is criticism, rejection, antagonists and pressure. Right, so that's that's the word for you. And then number nine, keep your heart pure, and then hold. And I, I like the part: hold no evil, because it does create clutter in your system. And I, I wanted to add one more point: mm. it also stifles your creativity. Yeah, it it's does. very difficult to be creative when you are bitter. Mm. Right, and the last one: believe in God and follow Him. When you call into the show, I'm going to ask you which of the ten is your favorite and why. Kofi Bentel is my guest, the Vice President of Imani Ghana and the CEO of Bentel Consulting. Forgive me about that one, Bentel Consulting. And I have a call on the line. Let me find out which of the 10 critical success factors is his or her favorite. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? I'm Abena. I'm calling from Afghanistan, North Kalashi. 
Abna from North Kenesi, tell me which of the 10 critical success factors is your favorite and why? Self-learning. Personal learning, why? Yes. Um, and a lot of times, okay, for me personally, a lot of times I realize that I want to set out on my own. I want to succeed. And I tend to only focus on the theoretical aspect of success, not giving myself the opportunity to learn how the environment also affects my success and everything that I want to do. And so for me, that, that, is, that is very key for me. That's what I've learned this year. That's what I'm going to step up. Right, thank you very much, Abner. I can tell you for sure that many of the things that have driven my career or been critical factors in my career have nothing to do with what I learned at Legon or Gimpa or any formal structured educational system. Thanks for joining us and let's let's keep it up on the virtual university. Stephen from Mankesi Motherline. Stephen, good evening. Good evening. Seven. How are you, sir? I'm fine, are you? Ah, very well by his grace. Tell me, which of the 10 critical factors that Mr. Bentel has shared speaks to you the most tonight? For me, it's about self-education. Hey, three? Unfortunately, unfortunately, we live in a society where formal education by producing your certificate has become the order of the day. And so most of the time, people learn because of examination. Education is not for examination. It's for life. And so pursuing knowledge is not about acquiring academic certificates. But what you can use that for? Like Jim Ron said, formal education will earn you a living. But self-education will make a fortune for you. Right. Thank you very much, Stephen from Mankasim. 030-221-6541. Hello, good evening. Jesse from Teshinungwa, good evening. Hi, good evening. Um, Jesse, which one would you give your vote to? Well, first of all, I'd like to say the program is a really interesting and very uh, educative um mine has to be personal learning right yeah i'm a graphic and web designer and um i must say i didn't learn i didn't get to learn all these things in school you know like being taught i had to you know do the personal learning thing sleepless nights and all that and passing through all that has you know tend to teach me a lot I, I I'm able to do lots of things which under normal circumstances I think I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't taken on a personal attitude to learn certain things by myself so thank you I very much yeah thank you very that. much Jesse from Teshinungua let me Manasseh I've pulled Manasseh as you are winning to the studio Manasseh tell me which of the 10 critical success factors is speaking to you this evening by personal learning because from my experience back at the uh, journalism school what really helped me a lot was when I discovered some books and these books were publications from award-winning stories in the US and I read them cover to cover and so by the time I completed I had a different perspective to journalism beyond our bodies and it has helped me a lot so personal learning I think is it goes a long way to uh, set your part from the rest in your class or your group. Right. Um, Kofi, are you, are you surprised at the overwhelming choice of personal learning? No, I'm not. Because what it does is it affects all the other areas. Right. Yeah, it affects it. Um, however, you know, to get to the point where someone like Manasseh, 
before you get to the point where you even develop the attitude to reach something that you're not going to be examined on, right? you'd have had to break through the limitations in your environment. Let me take Dr. Nanadas Gansa, right, um, an anesthesiologist calling from the U.S. Oh, I think I have... Hello? Okay, Dr. Gansa, good evening. Hello, Dr. Gansa, good evening. Good evening. Right, I know you are listening from Kentucky in the U.S. Tell me, which of oh. the ten factors is speaking to you this evening? Finding your space. Why, why is that important for you? Because once you find your space, the sky is the limit. Right. And uh, lots of people, I know it's tough in Ghana to get the best education you need. But finding your space is the most important thing. Right. Um, there are people who never find it their whole lives. There are people who find it very early. But believe me, once you find your space, the sky is the limit. The sky is not even the limit. You've been a medical doctor all your life, and this year you've gone into photography and, 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 and into writing. Has your life changed completely? Totally. Right. Totally. All right. Totally. And you know that, Albert. I know that. We'll talk about that another time on the show. Thank you very much. All right. You're so, welcome. All right. Thank and you. And my regards to Kofi. Uh, um, I'll tell him for you. My regards to Kofi. I, I really, I'm really enjoying the discussion. All right. Kofi is enjoying the show. Thank you, Doc. Hope right. to meet you soon. Okay, bye. Right. So, Dr. Gamasa is an anesthesiologist. <coughs> and he, this year, he just decided to explore writing. And mm. he's writing every single day. Writing mm-hmm. a new thing every, every day. Writing short stories. Mm-hmm. And he's just, and photography is absolutely fantastic. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised he's choosing, choosing finding your space. Pastor Ransford. Yeah. This whole discussion, what what are you picking from it? The ten critical success factors. Are you surprised that personal learning is so big on people's well, agenda? It, it is. It is my biggest as well. I mean, because coming to where we are today, doing what uh, by the grace of God we're doing to impact society, it has come from learning it on your right. own. Not from what you learned in, learned in school. No, no right. not at all. Not at all. And 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 for me, that's that's the thing. And like. Uh, Covimental uh, said it, it pulls all the other factors together right. to make you become if a you complete will, person. Exactly, the, the holistic person that can impact society positively. I think you've had a wonderful show. If you take us home in 10 seconds, what, what, what should we be thinking about when we think about critical success factors? You know, we all have a purpose for being around here. Right. And the Bible says three score seven. 70 years is what you've been given. I mean, if you are blessed, you go beyond that. We need to have a certain mindset that we ought to leave some footprints before we go. You One ought- word. Legacy? Well, legacy. Thank you. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of Comfort, Amos, and Matthew, God bless you. God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N.E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed.